Welcome to the Emerging Minds Podcast. This is the Engaging Children Podcast Series by Emerging Minds. If you're a practitioner who works with children like me in relation to our mental health and well-being, or a practitioner who's wanting to expand their work with us, or a practitioner looking to move your work in that direction, then this is the podcast for you. Hi everyone, I'm Chris Dolman, one of your co-hosts for today, and I work with Emerging Minds along with my colleague Jen Lee. Hi Jen. Hi Chris. Hi everyone. Here we are again. Yes, back for our second podcast in this series. Would you like to tell the listeners a bit about uh, what's ahead for today's topic? Yeah, sure. It's called Getting On To Good At. It's all about ways of opening up conversations with children and about their strengths, skills and know-how. Yeah, it sounds like a good thing to do. Yeah. Well, children have said in research studies that they like adults to be interested in what they're into, what they need and how they respond when things are happening around them. They sound uh, pretty reasonable requests, really. Yeah. And they like adults to be positive and encouraging as well. Yeah, and this is important feedback for practitioners, isn't it? You know, because I think it can be some of those things that can set a real context for beginning to understand you know, what's going on for the child that's problematic for them and to understand it from their perspective as well. Yeah, that's right. So in today's episode, we'll be exploring this theme and we're going to hear from some practitioners who share their reflections on this topic. And then we're going to pose some questions to our audience, Chris, for them to reflect on and discuss with colleagues. Yes, that's always good. Actually, Shall we start with a couple of those questions now? Yeah, sure. All right. Well, we'd like to invite listeners to be thinking about how do you approach hearing from a child about their strengths? You know, how do you go about doing that? What things do you ask about? And also, what are some factors that sometimes make it hard to open up conversations with children, you know, about what they're good at? What are those factors and how do you navigate through those things? Yeah, I guess it's not always easy. Yeah, and so I guess when it isn't easy, as a practitioner, what do you do? What are other ways or approaches you can kind of have up your sleeve to respond? So we'll hear from our interviewees now. This audio clip features Lisa Johnson, psychologist and school counsellor, Sally McLaren, Annette Flanagan and Liz Lodge, counsellors from Centre Care Catholic Family Services, Ali Chisholm and OT here at Emerging Minds and Elsewhere. And you're in this one too, Chris. I am. Let's hear from them now. I'm really interested pretty early on to get to know a bit more about them that I might not get to know if all we focus in on that in that first conversation is the problem or concern. If that becomes the sole focus, then I may be missing out on details of that young person's life that are likely to be the source of creative ideas or glimmers of hopes or pathways that we could perhaps pursue, maybe not in that first conversation, but down the track. I think that children can get really caught up with a dominant story in their family or in the school or in their classroom or even how they see themselves. And often it's quite negative. And I think they can get really fixated on that negative story about themselves. So getting them to see themselves through a different lens can really shift things for them. 
I think it's hard to just open up a conversation at a conversation level. What are you good at? Some kids will know, some won't. That's also in lots of games, you know, like, what are you good at? You can see some kids will say, I don't know, not much. Well, what would someone else say that you were good at? What would mum or dad say you were good at? What do your teachers say you're good at? But sometimes there's no information there for the child. So you just have to find it. You have to be with them and you will know what they're good at. So if you play and you've got a wide range of toys in your room, you'll see what they're good at. It might be you're really good at, you're really friendly. You've come in here, you were really brave coming in here. You'll find something. Sometimes it's understanding what they are absolutely not interested in or absolutely against or protesting about. Because no matter what I'm hearing about, I'm always interested to know what that suggests about what a young person values, what a young person believes what a young person understands, what they're kind of on about. And so there are sites for getting to know this, I think, everywhere, but it takes a certain, for me, it's almost like a quality of listening and it's creating questions that bring that forward. There are resources you can use like strength cards and car cards and you can put them out and you can say like what car are you and it might be the one that's feeling all scared or it might be the happy bright one. And the same with strength cards. I'm good at being a friend. I'm good at talking. <laughs> I'm good at being quiet. You know, so you can kind of go into what their strengths are through those kind of resources. You can ask questions like, how did you get good at that? Who else is good at that? Again, it depends that, you know, that's a very cognitive thing. That child just might want to say, this is my card. You might draw pictures of it, copy it. And then you might end up doing um, hangman on the whiteboard. And that's a good game where you say, you know, what's the feeling that you've had or what's something you're good at, but you have to guess and they've done the letters, probably misspelled, you know, it doesn't matter. And, and you're guessing the letters and they're writing it up. If a child's doing well at Connect Four or you know, we can be acknowledging that, but try to be curious about that. How long they've been good at Connect Four? What do they think it takes to be good at Connect Four? What do you have to be good at to be good at Connect Four, for example? And they start to speculate on that. And then I can ask them some questions a bit about whether they are also good at those things or the extent to which they're good at those things as well. So children, again, get to speak about some uh, skills that they hold. Quite often I'll ask them what they value in other people and we'll do a bit of a experiential in that and they're very quick to name qualities that they admire in other people, in adults and friends. And then I'll ask them to show me which ones they have that matches their friends and that's when it gets really tricky. I'll ask them what they think their, theme, their friends like about them the most as well, what they think they have in common as friends and what their friends value in them. A characteristics survey that you can do online for adults and children. I sometimes do that with kids and it picks out lots of things that they hadn't even considered. If I see a child, you know, if I see a behaviour that is a strength or a skill that they're working on, I'll name it so that they can hear what that is and they can be able to name it for themselves. I'm hoping that kids will start to be able to articulate and identify their own strengths and their own skills so that they can be proud of what they can do and it starts to be a bigger story than the problem story. And then they can take those skills and those strengths into other environments or into other relationships at school or at home and start to develop their own sense of agency. Well, there's lots of ideas there. I'm sure, you know, different things, Jen, have uh, stood out to our listeners. What stands out for you, Chris? <laughs> well, I liked what they all had to say, really. I guess 
maybe what Liz had to say about friendships and, and finding out about what the child values or admires about other people. You know, I think friendships can be a really rich source of meaning making for kids. Sure. What about when friends are hard to come by for some children? Well, yeah, I guess that makes it trickier, doesn't it, as a theme to explore. But, you know, children can be friends with non-humans too. I think that's good to remember. You know, they can be friends with pets, stuffed toys, you know, favourite toys. I think children can also imagine friendships with characters in books and movies, TV, whatever, YouTube clips. But I think I really appreciate it. There's quite a number of interesting reflections by the interviewees. And now it's time for a word about today's featured resource. Uh, Which resource are we looking at today, Jen? So it's the Emerging Minds Engaging Children Rich Pictures e-learning course. Great. Yes, today's topic is one of the skills-based practice modules included in the course. It's called Getting On To Good At, and there are five. And what are the others, please, Jen? Collaborate or perish. I think that message is pretty clear there. Yes, plus another window to strengths and skills. When words are few, let toys do the talking and when it's not going so well. Uh, Yeah, I know what that's like. Well, I think many practitioners probably know what that's like. Mm, Probably. So each of these practice skills modules includes interviews with practitioners, video demonstrations of practice with real practitioners and child actors, and interviews of practitioners and actors reflecting on the practice demonstration, as well as comments from parents and reflection activities, and also the opportunity for people engaging in the course to contribute comments that become part of the course. So folks, if you're interested in developing or extending on your skills in working with children to develop a rich picture of their strengths, their skills, their know-how, values, you know, as part of your work with them, you might like to check out the Engaging Children Rich Pictures e-learning course. We'll be putting a link to that course in the show notes. So we've had comments submitted by participants on today's topic that have been posted in the e-learning course already, Jen, and we thought, didn't we, we'd mention a couple of those right now. That's right. Yeah, actually, Sonia from South Australia picks up on the friendship theme you referred to, Chris. She wrote, this module showed engaging kids through their interests and feelings, which is still internal toward how they engage with others and the emotional, social world around them. This is relational perspective and practice. Establishing this early on in the work can provide a solid platform to talk about preferred identity. I am good at being a friend. I am good at caring for others. I am good at sport, etc." Yeah, I like that idea of moving from like the internal to the social world of children and how that kind of makes so much more possible in terms of descriptions of children's identities. Yeah, that's right. A number of people commented on the friendship theme. Also, Yunetza from New South Wales writes, among other things, that reflecting on this topic has me wanting to know more about when we decide to speak with children alone versus when we decide to speak with the whole family together. And what might we do as a practitioner if our efforts to interrupt the idea about that the child is the problem, are not successful? Yeah, they're, um, they're good questions, aren't they? Actually, the first one about how we decide whether to speak with children alone or with like the whole family together or you know, bringing other adults, parents or carers into the room, this is a topic that's actually covered in the Engaging Children Good Beginnings course. And we also did an online event on that topic earlier in the year. So I'll put links to both of those in the show notes as well. And I think Inez's second question about 
what might we do if our efforts to interrupt the idea that the child is the problem are not successful? I think this is a really interesting one. You know, I think one we could probably explore that down the track, Jen. Yeah. And others wrote about the using games and activities and especially commented on the Jenga game shown in one of the demonstrations. Yes, with the net and Ava. Yeah. Uh, Lisa from Turis Head in New South Wales and Jane from Brisbane both referred to using games to reduce the power imbalance between the child and the counsellor. Lisa wrote, this is a huge shift of balance for the child as being seen as equal and being able to ask questions of the practitioner. This scenario allows the child to relax, feel comfortable as they feel respected and allows for the opportunity of the child opening up. Yeah, so paying attention to relations of power in the counselling room can be, you know, really highly significant, I think. That's right. So thanks to Sonia, Unetza, Lisa and Jane for your comments. In fact, all of those that have posted comments and contributed to the course, we've got a whole list of them actually. There's Liz, Chris, Vera, Rachel, Rachel, Angela, Tracy, Susie, Carolyn, Susan, Isabella, Samantha, Naomi, Josephine, Joanna, Michelle, Jacob and others. Great. That's quite a, quite a roll call. It is. And we really welcome these contributions. Absolutely. Well, that's it for today, folks. Thanks for joining us, everyone. And thanks, Jen. Thanks, Chris. Bye, everyone. You have been listening to the Emerging Minds Engaging Children podcast, dedicated to exploring the possibilities for working with children in ways that are helpful and hopeful. Help us spread the word by sharing this with your colleagues, supervisors, classmates, tutors, GP and Pilates instructor. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts or YouTube and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn. And if you'd like to contact us about this podcast, please send us an email at info at emergingminds.com.au. Visit our website at www.emergingminds.com.au to access a range of resources to assist your practice. Brought to you by the National Workforce Centre for Child Mental Health, led by Emerging Minds. The National Workforce Centre for Child Mental Health is funded by the Australian Government Department of Health under the National Support for Child and Youth Mental Health Programme.